Did you know that there are over 65 million Gen Xers, yet so few financial advisors focus on Gen X? Why? It's because you aren't rich. Yet. Welcome to the Gen X Money Advisor with Michael Labus, certified financial planner, certified college funding specialist, and founder of Gen X Wealth Partners. This podcast focuses on the specific needs of Gen Xers by a Gen Xer. Get ready to explore topics that will help you get your retirement on track, maximize your dollar towards your child's education, and successfully manage aging parents. We will even sprinkle in a little health and wellness, travel and leisure, and time and stress management. Come and experience the expertise of Michael and his special guests who focus on enhancing the quality of your life today and in the future. Now, on to the show. Hello, everybody. This is Michael Labus with the Gen X Money Advisor. And today, I want to have some fun and talk to you about one of my favorite topics uh, amongst Gen Xers, and that is keeping up with the Joneses. It really cracks me up because us Gen Xers, we're so susceptible to this and I see it every day and it's, it's becoming a disease. It really is a financial disease. Uh, I see every day, friends, family, neighbors, coworkers, buying things that we do not need to impress people who themselves are buying things that they don't need. It's crazy. It's a cycle. And to help me today talk about the phenomenon of keeping up with the Joneses is my good friend and fellow Gen Xer, Pete Petrowski. And before we dive in for our mutual benefit, I'd like to share something with you that I looked into. You know, we hear this term, keeping up with the Joneses, all our lives. And yeah, we know it, but do we actually know where it came from? So I was curious and I looked it up. So I'm going to read this to you guys verbatim off of Wikipedia. Keeping up with the Joneses is an idiom in many parts of the English-speaking world, referring to the comparison to one's neighbor as a benchmark for social class or the accumulation of material goods. To fail to keep up with the Joneses is perceived as demonstrating socioeconomic or cultural inferiority. The phrase originated in a 1913 comic strip with the same name. That's really interesting. It's been here for over 100 years. So it's, it's you know, ingrained in us, the keeping up with the Joneses. Okay, so now it's time to have some fun and figure out how not to keep up with the Joneses, but how to beat them. And to help me in this quest is my fellow Gen Xer, Pete Petrowski. Uh, he also owns his own state farm agency. So he and I have a lot in common. Pete is married and has three kids. And I'd like to thank him for joining us today. How's it going today, Pete? Good, Mike. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. I'm pumped as well. Uh, there's lots of ways we could tackle this, but I think the first question I want to ask you is, do you have any friends, neighbors, family uh, that you view as the Joneses? I'm all ears. I'm curious. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I think everybody does. Yes, I do. I know a lot of people that are keeping up with the Joneses just in my day-to-day -day operations of running an insurance agency to being a father of three. You see it everywhere. My family, my neighbors love to, you know, impress and, you know, I've fallen victim to that myself as well, too. So, I mean, I think if everybody just slows down and actually takes an honest step back and look, I think all of us have a tendency or ability to be one of the Joneses and keeping up with the Joneses from times, from times in our life. And some, some of us may never really realize it and continue to do it. 
So yeah, I think everybody does. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy when you think about it. I mean, personally, I'm super competitive and yeah, I, I want to at least keep pace with the Joneses, uh, if not beat them. But, you know, really when I, when I look at my family, I used to be the Joneses. I used to be that person. I would make my <clears throat> brother feel inferior because I was farther along in my career than he was. And that wasn't healthy. That wasn't good for our, our relationship. You know, also all my friends, they, they saw me as a financial advisor. So they assumed that I was raking in the dollars and that I, then I had to, I felt the pressure of having that perception. So I think we're all, I think we're all guilty of that to our own detriment. Like I said, this is a disease and it's about finding the cure for the disease. And we're going to talk about it here shortly. Look at this even further, Pete, this has to impact your kids. I mean, I'm making an assumption there, but it just doesn't happen with adults. So do you see this in your, do they bring it home with them? Do they, they talk about, oh, I want, I need this toy or this, I need this item of clothing or, uh, you know, uh, why don't we have this at our house? Our fans are my friends do. So I'd love to hear your insight on this one because I, because I don't have kids. So uh, I'm curious. Uh, you know, it's amazing. I mean, one of the things that was just eye-opening as a father, what going through, I mean, when the kids are young, there's really not much pressure. But once they get up into fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade and beyond, my oldest is a junior now in high school. Oh, yeah, it it comes home from, you know, daddy, why don't we have a Mercedes or why don't I have that new swimming pool to, you know, I got uh, my buddy got these shoes and, you know, I really need to get these Nike Air Air Max Vapor, whatever I I call a man heels for my son. (laughs) But I mean, $200 shoes when they just got literally an $80, $90 pair of perfectly functional shoes. I mean, it's a challenge. Yes. It, it, it's actually quite shocking as a, as a parent and really helping them navigate this world of consumerism and, you know, Hey, I got to have this to be cool. Uh, son, do you daughter? Do you, I don't, I, you know, again, I it's, it's, it's there. Yes. I mean, from, from the cars we drive to the house we live in to the clothes they wear, the pressures are coming. I'm not surprised. You know, you just helped me remember something from my own childhood, Pete. And it, it comes back to shoes. So do you remember the, 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 the Nike or the Reebok pump that shoe? Oh, of course. That was, that like, was epic. It was epic. It was that must have item when I was in, I don't know, fourth, fifth grade. And I remember this kid had, he was the first person to have them. And I was like, you know, in a circle, he was in a circle. I was like, oh, look at these shoes. These are awesome. Oh, look, they pump and then you put air in them. Oh, and then you can release the air. Oh, everybody's so amazed by this. I was like, I need a pair. So I go home. I was like, hey, mom, you know, my friend, he got these pair of shoes. They're really cool. I got to have them. So she, she's like, she doesn't know about these shoes. So she goes online or not online. I'm sorry. She goes to the mall and times have changed, obviously. She goes to the mall, comes home. She's like, they're out of stock. Now they weren't out of stock. They're just way <laughs> too expensive. I find out that there are $200 a pair. So my mom said, but you know what? I did get you these, which the, 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 the um, you know, salesman said were pretty cool too. And they were the LA gear shoes that had the, like the sides of them. They're like they're fluorescent or whatever. And uh, those I, are thought, awesome. I thought those are pretty cool. And, you know, yeah. I rocked, I rocked those for a little bit. And then ultimately I did get the Nike or the Reebok pump, but um, then everybody else had them. Exactly, but that's what it is. Everybody wants to feel part of the club, like they fit in. 
Okay, Pete. So I want you to share a time where you felt challenged, we'll say, to, to get your own pair of Reebok pumps, but in your own life and how, that, uh, how did that work out for you? It was fantastic. But I just want to say on shoes real quick, I got the late model Bo Jacksons. They were pretty sweet. If you remember the fluorescent orange, but pumps came later. Orange. <laughs> yeah. I think I had fluorescent yellow. So that, they were both cool. They were awesome. They were awesome. But yes, uh, you know, one, one story that comes to mind and, you know, I still look back and laugh was, you know, I never bought myself a new car. I was, you know, hardworking right out of college. I uh, started off as a financial advisor working ridiculously crazy hours. And I ended up uh, selling my Ford Probe for a SOP <laughs> nine, three at the time, but ultimately never bought myself a new car. And as a, you know, successful good member in the community, I just wanted a new car. And my wife and I bought a, uh, a late model back in 2010, Yukon Denali XL, because we lived on the other side of the States. So we needed it snow. We got a great deal. It was a wonderful car. I loved it. I liked it so much. I thought that I should get my own brand new Yukon Denali. And, you know, it sounded great, budget fit. And, you know, here I am driving around and it felt awesome. I finally arrived. I had my first brand new car. Well, ultimately life happened. And a few years later, my kids had to make a transition over into Catholic school, which has a pretty substantial tuition. And in looking at budgeting, the way I could afford it without taking on more debt was to sell my beautiful car. Because that car payment, though affordable at the time I got it, ended up being a real hindrance on cash flow. When things changed in our life, expenses went up. And at that time, in a business cycle, we were in a down market. So revenues were down. So it was a real tough time. So I actually had to, you know, to sell it. And I look back and was it worth it? Absolutely not. <laughs> I would never, I'll never buy a new car again. So it felt, it felt good though, right? Oh, it validated me. It made me feel great. You know, I had arrived. Validation. Yeah. People were like, that's a nice affirmation. <laughs> exactly. You had the tricolor pearl on it, you know, tan leather interior. I mean, it was sweet, but you know, nice, ridiculously high car payment. But yes, it validated that need to impress. It made me feel important, even though it was just a <laughs> you know? Exactly. Exactly. It's amazing what we can do within our budgets to you know, allow us to do stupid things. Uh, so it's funny you mentioned cars. I have my own embarrassing car story to share. One of my coworkers had a nice car. He had a very nice Audi and you know, I wanted to fit into the club as, as a financial advisor. Um, we're all super competitive. So of course I want to fit in. And so I go out and I buy my own Audi and uh, it was beyond stupid. Uh, could I afford the car? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I made it work, but uh, I, I sold a car that I just bought like 18 months prior. I took a loss on that car. So I had this very nice Audi which yes, I could afford, but was the money well spent? I'm going to say no, because I probably could have taken some of that money and repurposed it for something that's much more important than buying a brand new Audi. So yeah, after looking, you know, looking back at it, you know, today it was stupid, bad investment. And uh, I guess you have to learn from your mistakes though, right? I think that's all it is, right? Pick yourself up, dust your knees off and keep moving, but realize the mistake and try not to repeat it again. <laughs> the pressure's always there, you know? Certainly. It's, it's, it's always there. We're getting bombarded by it. So, you know, now I want to talk to you about why is this the case? You know, why are, you know, pe- people like Pete and I, we're not unique. I guarantee you that if you thought about yourself, you could come up with your own stories about the questions that we just talked about. 
So, so why is this? I think the first point <clears throat> that I like to mention is, you know, it's human nature to want to fit in, be like, seek approval, be part of the team. We see us all over the place. And I see this uh, and it makes me laugh. This whole topic makes me laugh because it's so obvious, but the phenomenon with the iPhone and uh, I don't own an iPhone, uh, not for this purpose, but I just don't know how to use them. I've always been an Android guy, but my girlfriend has an iPhone. And a lot of my friends have iPhones. Earlier in my life, I had a friend to try to pressure me to buy an iPhone. And when I didn't want one, they got all depressed or mad at me. I'm like, I don't understand their anger. I don't know, Pete, do you own an iPhone? I, I do. I do. You do own an iPhone. I okay. do. So um, an iPhone as an I, you're an iPhone family, see? Yep. Okay. So again, part of the team, part of the club. So can you maybe explain to me this, this feeling uh, of the iPhone community? Because I don't have one. I don't understand it. Please inform me on this. Well, you know, you you get excited. It's a pretty awesome device. And then you buy in and then you start using all their services. And you got a bunch of music downloaded on your your iTunes. And and then they turn it into an iTunes music account where you pay subscription. So basically, once you're in, you're sort of stuck because you might lose all that data. Now, somebody out there might know a way to help in terms of making a change, but I don't know that yet. So we're sort of locked in. You're locked in. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, every year that the... Yeah. I mean, until somebody could show me how to get out. <laughs> well, so, so someone told me this and I, I, I'm one, I don't understand why this is so important. When you text someone with an iPhone, I believe you get a green text as an iPhone. But if I text you, Pete, it's going to show up blue. And one of my friends said that he wanted to see my text as green. And I said to him, what difference does that make? You're still getting my text. But he took it as an affront. Like I was not part of the club. And I was like, I don't understand this. So again, we see us all over, you know, our lives day to day. It's just this innate need to like people to, to be aligned with each other. I mean, you see us everywhere and you see this even in politics, but you know what? We want people part of the team, the green and blue texts. I don't get it, Pete. Um, is there anything else that, that, that uh, this iPhone phenomenon uh, brings to the table? It's hilarious, especially around upgrade season, you know, so whenever the new models come out in September, you know, going back to my kids, they oh, yeah. are all right about there now. this, right? So a couple of years ago, my son for his birthday uh, was in an upgrade where my order two had iPhone eights and then the new XR and XS came out. So they're a little bit bigger. <laughs> so for his birthday, it just happened to be the special with the, with the carrier at the time he got a new XR and he goes to open it. And whenever he opens it, my older two literally melt down. They could not fathom the point that their iPhone 8 was not being upgraded with their brother on his birthday. It was hilarious. I actually have it on video, and it's going to be played at every single graduation and wedding for uh, for the three of them in perpetuity. So it is definitely a phenomenon. I, I, I can attest to it. I stuck with my 10. I'm happy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I have a, for for the record, I have a Google Pixel 5, and I have had Samsungs in the past. I, I use my phone for phone calls, texting, web browsing, and that's about it. I don't have time for a lot of these apps or anything. And if my picture or my phone is a millisecond so- or slower, I'm okay with that, right? It's not worth $500 for me. Um, but this is, you know, someone who's taking... Uh, you know, all measures possible to not be part of the club and to just do what makes fiscal sense. It's tough. It doesn't feel necessarily good. I'm not part of the club. I don't know 
a lot of people that own a Google Pixel 5. I, I met one guy that had one and we were like, we bonded together. We're like, oh, we're, we're, you know, we're the outcasts. We're, we're, we're the minority, but that's okay. Because uh, he got what I was, my sentiment as well was it does the same thing for a lot cheaper, which actually is a good segue into my next point. It comes down to society pushes this narrative of consumerism and we're bombarded with ads on TV, on social media, telling us this is the path to happiness. You have to have the newest and the best and everything. As crazy as that sounds, what's even crazier is there's actually two movies made about the Joneses, one in 2010 titled The Joneses, another one in 2016 titled Keeping Up With The Joneses. So they're really you know, original with their, with their titles. They're hilarious in the fact, if you think about what they're actually doing, they're, they're a good watch. So maybe you watch those, maybe you don't. But uh, anyways... You know, the fact based upon this consumerism, the Joneses, they live paycheck to paycheck and their lives are based on perception and not reality. They're probably the anti-role model for your finances. Imagine how exhausted they are uh, trying to keep up with all the ways to gain your approval, validation, affirmation. And I guarantee you, they're probably not very happy because this is an unending cycle. So point three. How do we beat the Joneses? So the first point is really tough to do, but we have to turn them off. Pete, if I asked you to give me your cell phone and I gave you a dumb phone and you had no access to social media or anything for, let's just say a week, could you do it? Yes, I could. You could. could. Okay. I mean, okay. Yes, we could do it, (laughs) but would you want to do it? How would this make you feel? Would you feel disconnected? Would you feel like you're 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 get, having going through withdrawal? Well, I've actually really stepped back from everything. Have you now? I have, I have, because you know when you're on social media, you just it's it that keeping up with Joneses, and you see these pictures of people taking awesome trips to Hawaii to pick their own homegrown coffee and roasting it themselves. To you know, my colleague down the street spending a billion dollars on advertising, I can't afford it. <laughs> so I finally said enough. I hired a, a great company to run my social media. So I don't even have to go on. And I'll tell you what, since I stopped it, I don't worry as much about the Joneses anymore. <laughs> I'm pretty happy. So it's hard though. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It took it took a good couple of months. It's so hard. It is. It is because it's everywhere. As adults, yes, we could stop uh, you know, social media. We could do that. But I don't know if, if kids would be able to do that. So if you were to ask your kids, hey, give me your iPhones for what would their reaction be? What did I do wrong? <laughs> That's actually one of the few few punishments my wife and I have that we actually get results from. Like they're not turning in their homework or their grade slipped. Give us your phone. And they do. I mean, it's reluctant. It's a battle. We have to hide it because they'll go out and try to find it. But, you know, it's hard for them because that's how their generation truly communicates. Like they don't really pick up the phone and call. They're texting. So when you take that away, it's tough on them. You know, Back to my first point, it, you know, it's so ingrained in us to, to want to be connected and, and understanding of what's going on and being part of that team and club, it even impacts your kids. That's, that's amazing. I, 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 I knew it ran deep, but I mean, it runs really deep here. Uh, you know, another thing that we talked about uh, earlier was um, you know, how it does impact your kids and you know, it came down to the family budget. So yeah, you could drive a Mercedes. Yeah, you could drive that Denali. Yeah, you could buy that Audi, but does it fit within the family budget? So 
living within your means and keeping a budget is huge in terms of, of beating the Joneses because the Joneses, uh, their budget is a function of them keeping up with the other Joneses or being that person. And they probably don't have a budget or they probably don't even have an advisor because you know, not one advisor that is worth anything is going to advocate such spending. So keeping a budget is, is really the first step in this process. Another thing is you know, recognizing that everyone's financial situation is different. Uh, maybe they don't have kids like me, or uh, they don't have any student loans because uh, they got scholarships as a child, or they got an inheritance. These are things that we don't know. All we know is what we see, the perception. Look at that uh, and know what's going on. So uh, recognize just because they're doing one thing doesn't mean that that makes sense for them or for you, you know, which would lead us to my next point, which is to take control of your finances. And Pete and I talked about this. It might be really cool to drive a nice car in your 40s, but retiring comfortably and when you want to retire is a lot cooler. Uh, let me ask you, Pete, would you rather have that Mercedes you talk about, or would you rather retire at 65 with a comfortable means of income coming in? I would rather retire 65 with a comfortable means of income coming in. Yeah, yeah. When it's you really rhetorical. stop at the, right, right. It's but nobody thinks about that. No, if it immediate gratification, right? When you talk about retirement planning, you're basically denying yourself some immediate gratification for gratification in the future, right? And that goes against human nature. We want things now, especially in today's world where we can get things so quickly. I have a friend who challenges Amazon. He will order something in the morning to see if he can get it in the afternoon. That's how our society is. We want things now. We don't care about the consequences. I don't care. Give it to me now. We have to eliminate that train of thought. Another point is that every dollar has a purpose. I mentioned it a little earlier in this podcast where, yeah, I, I could afford the Audi. I made it fit in my budget. Sure. But my payment, some of that I could have had maybe instead of buying an Audi, I could have bought a Volkswagen, which is a very similar car if you know about cars in terms of uh, the, the make and everything, and saved a few hundred dollars a month and put that towards my retirement or towards my savings or towards whatever, right? So every dollar has to have a purpose and be deliberate about it. And then I think this is the, the most, not the most important part, point, but a point that I think ties everything together. It's to recognize that you can't beat the Joneses. It's impossible. It's a, it's a cycle because as soon as you keep up with them, there's something else that's going to come out that you're going to want to have to have or replace or upgrade or do or go or experience. So I guess my point is, why would we play this game at all? It's you can't win. Would you play a game, Pete, that you couldn't win? Yeah, I wouldn't, but we do. We all, no. if we're honest, we all do. We do. You know, we all do. I mean, even I'll admit, there are some times where I will succumb to something. It's on a very small scale, but it still happens. Nobody's perfect. Nobody is perfect here. I mean, to summarize everything, keeping up with the Joneses, it's a bad idea. It's a game that you can't win. It's costly. It's expensive. It's a financial disease. Do your best to recognize it. Look at your daily lives. Look at your kids' lives. What are they bringing home? And it might even be an opportunity to coach them at an early age 
to recognize what a budget is, so on and so forth. So with every crisis comes an opportunity to, to improve. So I hope that you know, the podcast has, has humanized the experience of keeping up with the Joneses, recognizing that we're all at fault. No one's perfect. It's okay, but it's time to get beyond that. I think that's all we have for today. I would like to thank Pete for his time helping us have this chat. I also ask each of you to subscribe to the Gen X Money Advisor podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook or LinkedIn. And I also ask you to head to genxwealthpartners.com to learn more about how I help Gen Xers take control of their finances. And I, I thank everybody today and I will see you next time. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Pete. Thank you for listening to the Gen X Money Advisor podcast. Click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the hosts and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Gen X Wealth Partners. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your individual situation. Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC, Kestra IS, member FNRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC, Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Gen X Wealth Partners is not affiliated with Kestra IS or Kestra AS.